my dad's thing every year. He sends me a he sends me a text and just says if Jeff if Jeff Passons doesn't doesn't tweet it, I don't believe it. That's what <laughs> he's saying. He's he literally sends he literally sends that to me. I think every year now. Hey everybody, and welcome once again to another edition of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and we've got a familiar friend and face rejoining us on the program, interrupting his off season because he's such a good talker from the Toronto Blue Jays. A Chris Bassett. What's oh, up, yeah. man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just hanging in there, you know. Okay. Hanging in there. Man, we got a lot of stuff to cover, so I'm so excited to have you on. First of all, at what point do you want to start talking about our beloved Cleveland Browns? Like right now? Or Whenever. You Whenever you want. Okay. Okay. Have you been glued to the TV every Sunday? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for YouTube because I got the nfl package kind of thing so i've been able to watch that i haven't haven't been able to buy the ticket kind of thing so i I haven't really been able to follow the browns nearly as much as i would like to but i've watched a lot of browns games this year yeah well just just so that you know our quarterback is older than you i i he he has a super bowl i think um so i'm pretty dang happy about it um the way he's been playing i think is it's kind of what we need I mean, just to even have a chance, honestly. I, I mean, our defense is so damn good that I think, obviously, any any game we go up against, I think we have a chance. Miles Garrett's, I think, I mean, arguably the MVP of the league. Um, I mean, in, in my opinion, I know I know it's a quarterback, it's a quarterback award basically now, which I don't I don't really like. I don't I don't enjoy that part of it. But I mean, Tyree Kill, I mean, Miles Garrett, um, and obviously all the quarterbacks, but. Um, yeah, I, I think you have to put him in the discussion. I mean, he's that good. Yeah, he'll definitely be up for Defensive Player of the Year. He's slowed a little bit lately because of that shoulder injury, but he's done a great job recently. Are you a fantasy dude? Do you, do you play? Yeah, yeah, okay. very much so. Very so much are, so. Are you in a Blue Jays league? Or are you in an old league with former teammates? Where are yeah, you? Yeah, we're still in the old uh, Oakland league with all all the uh-huh. all the OG guys. Um, we have that running still. I'm still. I'm, I'm obviously in the Blue Jays league. Um, than just back like back home friends kind of thing. So I'm I think I'm in four leagues, but I would say two of them are the serious ones. See, that's the <clears> hardest <throat> thing to root for. Like now you're rooting for and against the same players every weekend. That would drive me nuts. Yeah, it's that's definitely it's definitely the the catch twenty two of having so many leagues. And every year I tell myself I'm gonna get out a couple of them, but then I'm like I can't do it to to them because we had the same guys running for so many years. I'm like, all right, I'll just do it. By the way, who's in the who's in the Oakland League? I'd love to know this one. Oh, I mean, it's it's the if like I said it's the the OG guys. It's this it's Simeon Olson, Chappie, me, Pender. Um, I think um, Mingdon's in there. Um, Mark Canna's in there. Piscotti. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of the, a whole bunch of the old old timers, so to so to speak. Obviously, not the old old timers, but six seven years ago, guys. That's a good group right there. Yeah, that is it's, awesome. It's, it's it's a lot of fun just just hanging out and obviously chatting with them and just asking how the families are going and and stuff like that. It's 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 cool to keep up with them. I don't know if you heard, but Marcus Simeon won a World Series ring this year. <laughs> so n- next time you're yeah. in the chat, mention that. Say, hey, I heard you guys yeah. won. Yeah, that that was that was a big deal in, in our group chat, no doubt. That at least one of us got got a ring this year. I think that's kind of the goal for that group is kind of someone's got to win it, just a matter of who. So Simi got his. We said, all right, you're not allowed to get any. Robbie Grossman's also in that. So they, shout out Robbie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, they got the ring. So I'm like, all right, 
you guys got yours no more now. And now it's our turn. When you have buddies that are playing in the World Series, because I know a lot of guys kind of tune out after a long season. They're like, okay, I'll see you in spring training. I'm going to go do my work, but I'm not sitting down and watching baseball. I think a lot of fans are surprised by that. But when you have like a rooting interest, did you turn on the Diamondbacks and Rangers because of it? No doubt. I mean, obviously with Olsen and the Braves and then the Rangers with, I mean, I just had vesting interest because of Scherzer and DeGrom from like last year. And then obviously Simeon and obviously like I, I, I'm a big fan of like Corey Seager and Grossman. And I played with Jankowski, um, one of the outfielders there. So I had, I had a lot of, I mean, Jonah Heim. So I had a lot of like really good friends um, on the Texas team, but I have a lot of like a lot of close friends, I would say on a lot of teams like Lozardo in Miami. Um, so I think my, my watch of playoff games went from over the last couple of years, it went from like, I'm pissed off. I'm not in this spot to now I'm just rooting for my friends to get what I really want. And I, I think it's kind of turned from a, a negative. Like I don't even want to watch these games to like, man, I'm genuinely like super pumped and excited for these guys. Cool. I dig that. Um, all right. We're taping this on a Tuesday. So this is a few days after it was announced that Shohei Otani is headed out West for 10 years mm -hmm. and $700 million. And we're going to get to the deferrals and how an active major league baseball, uh, that stuff. But there were a ton of rumors last Friday mm -hmm. that he was coming your direction. Were you all over social media that day? What were the emotions like for you? Yeah, I'm not at all. I'm obviously, I went through, I went through enough of this where I, I don't, I don't even put any weight into it anymore. I just, and I'm not, I'm not saying this negatively because I know there's a lot of negative, like notions about, about the media and how much we can actually trust them and what they say anymore and stuff like that. And I think, I think a lot of them do a really good job. Um, but there's just so much stuff that's just lies. And I think it's lies based on either the team's lying about players or the players lying to the the people that are just trying to do their job just to like get benefit out of them. So everyone's just kind of being used. So <clears throat> I'll use my dad's old old like my dad's thing every year. He sends me a he sends me a text and he just says if Jeff if Jeff Passens doesn't doesn't tweet it, I don't believe it. That's what <laughs> he's saying. He's he literally sends he literally sends that to me, I think, every year now. So um yeah, I, I don't, I don't put any weight into anyone coming or going, and I don't, I just, I just don't see a point in it. Just because so many teams are getting used to further benefit, like obviously yourself, or teams are putting stuff out that are just is just not true. So wait, you didn't get wrapped up in the whole thing? I mean, the whole what? Forget about just the baseball world. Like the the sports world stopped on Friday, two thirds of the way through an NFL season. You know, the yeah. day before the Heisman trophies being announced, like it, the, it stopped for Shohei. You didn't get, you weren't like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously I have friends that are sending me stuff and I obviously have teammates that are like, man, this actually might be going, might be happening. But, uh, um, again, I, I, I guess it's just me, but I just don't trust anybody anymore. I really, I really don't until, until someone signs a dotted line. I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust it just because like, I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get emotionally excited about someone coming there, then all of a sudden they don't come here, and now I'm I'm sitting there like disappointed when we already have a great team. So like for the for the fans or for the players that got super excited, like hey Shohei is a Blue Jay, and then all of a sudden he's not a Blue Jay, 
now what you're, you're thinking negatively about next year. Like, I don't, I don't think like that. I just think Shohei did an unbelievable job of marketing himself. Um, the Dodgers got an unbelievable player and that's, that's it. It's just, it's just filling out the rosters for 2024 is how I kind of think of it. So when he signed officially on Saturday, were you like, Oh, okay. Or were, was there a little slice of your baseball heart that was like, Hmm, that could have been us. Nah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I would love to have had him, have him. I mean, he's arguably one of the best players, or if not the best player ever. So, um, yeah, it stinks that we don't have him. But at the same time, now, it's, now I'm just thinking, like, okay, like there's a lot of certain guys out there that I really like. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we we obviously need we have a couple of holes to fill that from free agents that left. So now it's like, all right, who do we go and get? So I'm glad I'm not a GM right now. <laughs> Um, as a guy who's been around this game a long time, when you saw that the first digit of Shohei's contract started with a seven, mm. what was your reaction? <laughs> Crazy. I thought, I, I mean, I, I think the talk was, can he get to 500, um, the whole year? And the fact that he got to 700 is, is bonkers. I mean, that's just crazy crazy money so i think it's 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 shocked the whole i mean it's it's the biggest contract in american sports i mean it's but again he he deserves every penny like the dodgers don't feel bad for the dodgers because they're going to be making money off of shohei i'll tell you that like shohei brings in so much money so much viewership um yeah i mean great great for the dodgers and great for shohei that's 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 kind of what i think of it i, I just I didn't think the number was going to be able to get that high. Did you change your thought process when it came out on Monday that 68 of the 70 million every season of his playing career will be deferred? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 Personally, this is just me talking because I don't. I'm not. I'm not obviously their accountant, the Dodgers' accountant. But I just I think of it and look at it, and I'm like, okay, Mookie's got a ton of money deferred. Freeman's got a ton of money deferred. Otani now has $680 million deferred. Like, you're going to have close to $900 million deferred after 10 in 10 years. Like, I don't, I don't know what the Dodgers 10 years from now looks like, but at the same time, they got it figured out. The Dodgers are smart as hell. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you should be worried as a Dodgers fan by any means, because they're they're obviously very very good at what they do um but me me not understanding the whole finances of all how all that breaks down but like the cbt taxes and all that stuff but uh, um to sit here and think in 10 years from now we have 900 million dollar tidal wave coming at us is, is is crazy to think so um i guarantee you that they have every penny counted for but for me i, I think that's that's an insane number well, but let's look at it from just the baseball side of things. People, it's legal, okay? Let's put that right out there. It is yeah. it is agreed upon between the players and owners that players can defer as much money as they want, okay? That is, they didn't circumvent anything. It just feels dirty, right? It just feels weird that Shohei Otani is going to be like the 19th highest paid player on the Dodgers or whatever it is next season. Um, does it feel a little odd? Um, I mean, it, fe it feels odd, but at the same time, uh, I mean, I've talked to a number of guys and there's so many different viewpoints of this where it's like, 
it doesn't make sense for Shohei. Shohei shouldn't have done this because you need to get your money now because he's going to be losing money by doing this, even though he's not going to get taxed in California. Um, the Dodgers are going to be able to sit and eat, sit with $680 million in their pocket and let that grow um, <clears throat> just based on just having it obviously just invested and then let that $680 million grow. And then obviously they're going to be able to pay him less money. Um, but I mean, when it comes to like deferred money, I think, I think it's just, you have one team not take, I'm not saying take advantage of it, but you have one team doing it kind of to the extreme right now. And will it pay off? And I don't, I don't think you need to like overreact like there's the league and be like, Oh, we need to stop this right now. Just let it play out. And in 10 years, if it's, if it's like, Oh crap, this is a problem, then okay. Then we can possibly fix it. But right now I just think they're using the system however they want to use it. I mean, if, if every team can do it, any team can do it. So I don't, I don't, it's not a secret. So I don't, I don't see there being a problem whatsoever with it. It's just, how do you want to get your money? I and mean, we're still paying, we're still paying a whole bunch of players that are, they have been long gone. So deferred money has been around forever. It's just a matter of now it's now the number is just insane. Yeah. I mean, your old, your buddy Scherzer did it with half of his deal in DC when he got whatever it was, 215 million. He took half of it deferred. He's still getting paid a shitload by the nationals. I mean, Scherzer last year was getting paid by three different teams. He was getting paid by the <laughs> Mets, the the Nationals, and and the Rangers. So I mean, yeah, I mean, deferred money is not is not like a. I, I just think obviously Shohei is the most like big, big, big name in the world for our sport. Um, probably the biggest name in our in our sport ever, probably. Um, when it comes to like just clicks and all that stuff, but the fact that he did it now kind of puts a microscope on like what, like I have so many people now text me like, what is deferred money? And I'm like, Oh my God, like, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just think people didn't realize that this was a thing, but it's been a thing for so long. It's just a matter of now the, now the most popular player in our team just did it to the absolute extreme. Woo-wee, NFL fans, it is time to unwrap nonstop football action this holiday season. Throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score $150 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE, and new customers can bet just $5 on the NFL action and to score $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Sportsbook with promo code ROSE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY. Text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. In behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Now back to the show. All right. I want to ask you one more question, then we're going to move on to your team. Over those 10 years, how many rings does he have to help the Dodgers win in order to justify the contract? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say one. I, I know. I know. Probably someone's going to say two or three. It's so hard to win a World Series. Period. Like 
you win one ring, one ring for for a city, one ring for an organization, your job's done. Like you, you did it. Like you did it. Like obviously, seven hundred million dollars. You're hoping. I'm sure the Dodgers, for like the next ten years, they're hoping for two, three different, two, three rings in ten years. Especially with Mookie and Freddie and all those guys, like they're 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 hoping for at least two or three rings. But you win one, one ring in ten years, you did it. And so I would say you got to win one, but that winning one is hard as hell. There's so many things that got to go right. So <clears throat> I don't think it's really just up to Shohei. Obviously, we saw that the last couple of years with with the Angels. Um, but I mean, the Dodgers are a force now to mess with. All right, I lied. There is one more, but it has to do with Mike Trout. Now that Shohei's no longer there, would you as a baseball fan like to see him traded? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I don't know how it would work out, but I would love I would love to see him with Philly. I mean, I just because I know that's kind of his hometown, I just think I just think Trout in Philly would be just just like Apex. Him and Harper, like this just the fan standpoint of it. I wouldn't want to face them. I'll tell you that with Schwarber and all those guys. But um, yeah, I mean, Trout arguably is, I mean, he's, he's one of the top five best players <clears throat> in my opinion, ever um, position wise. And I, I got to see him on a team that's playing deep into October. Like I, he deserves that. Not, not just him, but, the, the 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 baseball world deserves that. Everyone deserves to see him go deep into a playoff run. All right, you guys made the postseason last year and unfortunately didn't score a run in that quick, ended up being a two-game series sweep against the Minnesota Twins. I felt like going into the playoffs that your team had the fewest questions of anyone in the American League. What went wrong? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if anything went wrong. I just think, <clears throat> I just think like hitting side, we we were just, um, we we just, I would say we were not at a disadvantage. We have the hitters. It was just, we were just not right, I would say, all year for whatever reasons, whether it be injuries or stuff like that. We just had a hard time scoring runs. Um, and especially against good pitching. And I, I think, it, I think there are so many different avenues. Um, that kind of equated to that reasoning. I think obviously one of them, I think is just, we had a lot of really young players. I mean, our, our lineup, um, you may look at our lineup and think, man, you guys are a bunch of like old guys because you have a very veteran pitching staff. You have kind of um, some veteran guys in the bullpen. You have Brandon Belt, you have Chappie, you had Witt. Um, but for the most part, our best players were were the youngest guys on our team, which that, that isn't usually the thing. Usually, your best players are your veteran guys. Like you look at, you look at the best players on a lot of teams. Um, we'll just, I've said the Phillies. So let's go to the Phillies. Um, like you have Harper, Schwarber, you have Cassiano. So you have you have guys that have been around for so long. So like they, when they're struggling, they know what they're doing wrong. They know what's going on. The game is so hard. So I think, I mean, Vladdy was our youngest guy on our team last year, and people forgot all about that. I think like his ups and downs. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's 23, 24 years old. Like what he's going to have ups and downs. He's, he's still learning his body. He's learning the game. He's learning what it takes to be a big leaguer. So I just think it was just not the time that we 
it was just not our time. That, 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 in my opinion, that's that was just it. Like we ran into Sonny Gray, we ran into some really really good pitching, and and it just it just wasn't wasn't our time. All right. By the way, I don't want to shortchange you. You guys did squeeze across a run in the series. I don't want to say you got back to back shutouts. So Jays fans, save it in the comments. My mistake. I do want to ask you about two things. Number one, in game two, Barrios came out of the gate and was great. He was as mm -hmm. good as he had been all year. And then I think in the beginning of the fourth, he may have let on a guy or two, and that was it. Like, he was done. Mm -hmm. He was pulled as the starting pitcher who understands the inner workings of baseball decisions these days, but as a guy who wants to compete like hell out there, how tough was that for you to watch? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Um I think we had a game plan going in that we wanted to flip their lineup. Um, I mean, I know that's what we, what we were doing. We were trying to flip their lineup, put Kikuchi in, flip their lineup, get all their guys out, all their lefties out, so then we can attack them with all of our righties in our bullpen, and they have a kind of a messed up lineup. They were a very they were a very heavy team that when the pitching wasn't matching up with the hitting, they'd start flipping everybody. That's the way they did it all year long. We knew that. So we were going to say, okay, like, we're going to flip our pitching and they're going to flip their lineup. And then later in the game, we have all the matchups that we want. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think this whole situation has gotten blown so far out of proportion. It's not funny just because yeah, did, did, did the, did it work out the way that we wanted it to like totally no, but it, that, that didn't matter. That didn't lose the game for us. Like, yeah, was it was it the great was it a great move? No, it was not. Was it the right move? No, it was not. But at the same time, like, I mean, Sonny was still out there absolutely showing. So, like, what we were doing the pitching standpoint didn't really matter that much. So you don't walk away from that series saying, "Damn it!" Like, what are we thinking? Like, it just feels so disjointed. I always, you know, and Blake Snell in Game Six no, of the 2020 yeah, no World no, Series no, no. is is like the gold standard of that decision. Yeah. Like it just feels like that's the day that the baseball gods touched his arm. Mm -hmm. And Bar and Barrios, I felt like deserved to wiggle out of jams. I understand getting line no lefties doubt. out of lineups and stuff like that, but Barrios, when he's great, can be as good as anybody. No so doubt. why wouldn't you let him run? Listen, I, I I will I'll fight analytics until day I die with that aspect of it. I'd rather lose the game with Barrios on the mound than than pull the analytics side of it all and and try to flip lineups and stuff like that because obviously their lineup wasn't hitting Barrios. So I I would rather have I'd rather had try to throw Barrios 130 pitches and try to have him go nine innings. Um, but that's just not what we did. Um. And again, I think everyone in our organization regrets that. And I think it's just more so we, we, I mean, have got to learn from that mistake and just not let it happen again. So, yeah, I think there's just so many things that we did wrong last year, and yet we were such a talented team that I think, um, I mean, I, I look at it and I'm like, all these things that went wrong, whether it be the hitting, the pitching side, all this stuff, like, if they all went wrong last year and we learned from them, then we're much better next year for it. Then I'm happy. Like, but like, say we we figured out the hitting side last year, and then all of a sudden we do that stupid pitching move this this coming year, and we blow our season up again. I'm like, gosh dang! Like, we just keep making these one mistakes that just like get in our way. So hopefully we just we're just learning from it. Like, learn from it all. Like, that's all you can really do. And then just go and whoop people's butt next year. That's all you can do. Um, 
I mentioned you're a guy that loves to compete. And we know that the previous year with the Mets, it didn't go the way you wanted in the postseason. We talked about that on this show. How tough was it for you? I mean, you knew that you were going to be the game three starter, but we never got a game three. How tough mm-hmm. was that for you to swallow on a personal level? Yeah, it was really tough because I, I, I just feel like I, I I knew, and it wasn't it wasn't so much like I was thinking like, man, I deserve to have game two. Like I told, like we had so many, we had so many meetings. We were so we were such a close knit group of from starters from like me, Gothman, Barrios, obviously, um, Rue and Kikuchi and all those guys um, with Pete and obviously Schneids. And we were super close all year. I think that's what made us so good was that we were telling each other like, hey, like I don't feel that good. So we were pulling guys at five innings when people were like, why are you pulling this guy at 80 pitches throughout the year? And then I was going 115 sometimes to make up for the, what happened the day before. So we were super close and telling each other like, hey, I don't feel that great or I feel really good. So let's, let's roll it. So when the playoffs came, it was kind of like, all right, we have three games. Who's going to go? Um, basically, they basically pulled like me, Gauze, and Barrios to the side and said like, hey, we want you three to be the guys. And we were already previously lined up. Gosman, Barrios, me. That was the order that we were running through the last month and a half of the season. And I was just like, why would we even change this? Like, we have the best rotation in baseball. I know, I think Milwaukee was right there with us the whole year. Um, but why why mess with that all of a sudden? So I, we just rolled it. They're like, you got, it's like, Barrios, you got game two? I'm like, yeah, he's got game two. He's after Gosman. Like, what, what, are we, what are we even thinking about this? So it wasn't so much... I'm mad that I didn't get to pitch. It was more so just I'm mad our season ended, if that makes sense. Like it, mm-hmm. it's I I wish I wish I got a chance to pitch. Yeah, of course. I wish I got a chance to pitch the next series though, too. So um I'm just I, I was more so thinking of it as a unit of like pitching wise, like, hey, listen, this unit, like win or lose, like we're not gonna lose because of the pitching. Like that's this that's just that simple. Like that's what we're gonna like that's what we thought all year. Like we're the best pitching staff in baseball. We're not going to like mess this up. Like we are going to be like the best rotation of baseball. And that's what we did. Um with analytics, when you guys are on the bench, it's not your day to pitch. And I know that this gets screwy during the regular season because you mentioned some guys aren't feeling great and so those moves sometimes are predicated on who's available in the bullpen and who's not or whatever but as you're watching let's say the playoffs unfold in front of your eyes and moves are being made where you're like like we as baseball fans are like what is what is going on here are you kind of following along with us do you sit there or because you're in all these meetings and you're getting so much information you're like i know why they're doing that yeah i mean there's both i mean there's there's a there's, I understand the moves that they're making, why they're making them. But then there's also like, you're sitting there and you're pulling your head hair out of your head because you're like, why are y'all pitching to this guy like this? Like, I'm like wanting to call my buddies and be like, y'all are pitching this guy dead wrong. Like, what are we doing? Like, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's, it's like the catch 22 of, of all these things. Like Corey Seager, I, I don't know why in the world people kept pitching to Corey Seager in the, the playoffs. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I would have walked him every single time he came up. I don't care. Bases loaded out of Babe Ruth them. Like, I, I would bury Bonds them. I would have did all that stuff. Like, Corey Seager, you're up. You're going to first. Like, I'm not even pitching to you. So, 
yeah, there's just things like that that I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, as a fan or as a as a player of the game, I'm I'm just sitting there. I'm like, analytically, the way that y'all are trying to attack this lineup, it just doesn't even make sense, or it really makes sense. Like, so it's it's one of the two. It's either like it's very obvious either way. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's fun, but it it definitely, like I said, it'll it'll make me lose my mind a little bit. Uh, there is a new big time hitter that just joined your division in Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have to go get a Cody Bellinger type in order to match that chess move? Uh, I no. I mean, I really, I really don't. I mean, just because they went and got a superstar doesn't mean we have to go get a superstar. We already have a whole bunch of superstars. It's just I don't think we have the apex of Judge and Soto. Um, those two guys are just world class, unbelievable. But I mean, we got Vladdy and Bo Bichette right there. Obviously, we have George Springer who's right there. Um, we have the guys. It's just we just now I mean, we we lose Kevin Kiermaier in center field. We lose Chappie at we lose Chappie at third. We lose Whit Merrifield who kind of played everywhere for us. Um, so we just got to fill those holes. And then again, we rolled back a pitching staff that I think can compete to be the best pitching staff in baseball. Um, the thing I would say that honestly, everyone talks about Juan Soto with the Yankees. I think the bigger bigger one is is Rodon. I mean, I know Rodon was there last year, but Rodon wasn't really there last year. Like he just was banged up a little bit. I think I think he can come back and be Rodon. That's really really good, and that's that's been the biggest piece that bad. I mean, even even though he's already he was there, like I said, later last year, the biggest piece for the Yankees to add will be Rodon. I mean, that that's the biggest piece. You add him and Cole together, then it's like okay, here we go. So. um yeah, for for but for us, I don't think we need, I don't think we need like a holy crap move. Now, would a Bellinger help? Heck yeah, it would help. But do we have to have it? No, we just need our guys to mature, our guys to grow and learn. Learn obviously, um, kind of how p- people are trying to attack them, what they're trying to do, and then just go from there. Uh, I know you say you don't pay attention to rumors um, because you don't believe anything. However, I will ask you about one that was floating around about a month ago with Bo Bichette, that mm-hmm. he might be on the move. You know, he's got a couple more years left on an extension he signed, and then he he and Vladdy are going to be free agents at the same time. So I'm a believer that they might choose one over another, whether it's wise or might even happen. I don't know, but it sounds like business-wise, that might be what they do. Mm-hmm. Finish this sentence. If the Blue Jays trade Bo Bichette this offseason... I need an explanation. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't see him getting moved at all. Like zero percent chance. I, I think what happened, honestly, I think, I think a G, I think a good GM, honestly, a good GM will ask teams for people's trade value almost every year. Why not? You go to these winter meetings or you go to any meetings and you'd be like, hey, what would you give me for Vladdy? What would you give me for? George Springer, what would you give me for Bobachet? And like just get a trade value. And then if someone makes like an oh crap offer, be like, wait a second, you give me that for Bobachet. Then you then you may open up like the truthfully open up the door to like trade value. Um but I think it just got leaked because I think I think possibly what had happened was that they were just trying to figure out Bo's trade value. That's it. And I think you again, I think you should do that for every player almost every year. And 
just the media members got told that, hey, they're trading Bovichet, and that's just not the case. It's just for us to for us to need offense and then trade our best offensive player is absolutely insane. Like that's just not going to happen. It just it's just not. You've been traded twice. Uh, you mm-hmm. were in the Samarja deal, right? Yep. In what was that? 2014? Twenty fourteen. after twenty fourteen, yeah. And then you were traded. Were you traded right before the season in twenty twenty two? Oh no, I was in the off season, like in the, basically kind of like in, like in the winter meetings kind of thing. Um, yeah. Is that stuff? How strange is that when it happens? Uh, for me, it wasn't that strange because I, I I didn't see the White Sox one coming because I wasn't I wasn't like I wasn't aware like of even where I was even at. Like the big leagues was like so foreign to me that I was like I I just made the big leagues and I was like a lost puppy. So I I didn't have a clue of what that was going on. The one, the one that sent me from Oakland to the Mets, I saw that coming from a million miles away because we were cleaning the house. Everyone was getting traded, and I'm like, it just it's not a matter of if I get traded; it's just a matter of like where am I going. So, yeah, that one, I almost felt like I was a free agent without even being able a chance to pick where I was going to go. So I. It wasn't that it wasn't that weird to me. I think the more the more of the weird ones would be like a bow trade where it's like you don't even see it coming and then all of a sudden it's trading. It's like, what in the world? Like, are you kidding me? Um, I think those would be really weird. Like those would be uncomfortable, those would be tough. But the ones that I've been a part of are have been very, very easy. Got it. Um when was the last time you spoke to Alec Manoa? Um uh... Well, he just had a wedding, so I know he's been super busy. Um, but I'd say about a month ago. And how is he? Uh, he's he's good, honestly. I think I think uh, I'm I'm super excited. I'm I'm pumped for him. I think I think physically he's he's getting to right where he needs to be. Um, mentally, I think he's there. Um, obviously, there's some. I'm sure there's some stresses. Now, I'm not saying that he told me this, but there's some stresses of like, hey, I got to get going next year. Um, but we expect him to be one of the best pitchers in the world again. I, I just think you can kind of chalk it up last year of just having a bad year. And obviously you can equate that to a million different reasons. I think there's a lot of people to blame. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I think he's going to be, I think he, you have to, you have to mark him down to be a really good pitcher again next year. So who's to blame? I mean, you have to blame himself. I mean, you got to blame the Blue Jays. You got to blame. You got to blame a lot of people. You got to blame. I would say honestly, everyone involved had a, has a hand in in someone's like downfall like that. I mean, this there's there's a lot of things that were handled not correctly, and everyone has admitted that. Um, there's a lot of things that um, from Manoa's sides that was not handled correctly, and I think he has admitted that. And it's just. It's the growing pains. Like I always, I always kind of make jokes, not jokes, not at all, but um, with like Schneid's our head coach and like obviously the front office, like I was so lucky to kind of be a part of Oakland because I feel like I was like completely like I could have done almost anything and no one would have known about it. But like the amount of times that like I did stupid stuff and like Bo Mel pulled me in the office or pulled me to the side and like, Hey, like we do not do that. Like this is wrong way to do things. Like I just think when you're 20, 20 years old, like these guys come in the league to like 26, 27, like 27 is pushing it a little bit, but like 26 ish, you're still like 
fighting front offices, you're fighting coaches, you're fighting like strength staff of who can I trust, who can I not trust. You're trying to like fight just for like your life, basically, of like trying to be a big leaguer. And I feel like you get into a trap of like people are against me because they say you're getting sent down and you shouldn't be sent down. Um, yeah, I mean, like even like I made comments, I believe one spring training about like getting sent down and Bowman was like mad at me, mad, mad at me. And I, right when I said it and like, and it came out it came out like and after I read what I said kind of thing, I was like, man, that was bad. So like I've handled so many, like I said, so many things in the past that were wrong. It's just a matter of just like kind of like learning from them and then having the grownups in the room to like deal with that person. Like you have to, you have to guide a 25 year old, like, yes, he's a man, but he's, in my opinion, he's still like a kid. Like he has so much pressure on him. You have to guide them in the right way. Like you're molding a 24, 23, 23, 24, 25 year old man to become a great big leaguer and a great person. And you have to understand that you can't like fight a 24 year old for making mistakes because that's going to happen. So. That's I mean, that's why I'm so close. I think with Bowmel, like I love him, like I still love him. I would I would do everything for Bowmel, um, just because of, I know how much he has meant to me in my career, and still to this day, how much he means to me. That's interesting. So, like, what happened with him? You said you kind of said some stuff that with Bowmel and me. Yeah. Um, I think it was like post Tommy John. Um. I, I was told like, all right, you're like, like I was really good the year before I was told like, Hey, like you're going to start, um, for us. or you're going to have a chance. Like I obviously make the rotation out of camp. Um, and then I got to camp and I, I don't think I even started a single game. And then I got sent down in camp and I, and they were like, Hey, like, what's your plan? And I like, basically told the press, like, I don't even know my plan. Like no one tells me anything like blah, blah, blah. Like no one no one hearing has a clue what I'm supposed to be doing or stuff like that. And I mean, I would just, I don't know, I'll be honest. I was, I was just pissed. Cause I was like, I know I'm one of the five best stars on this team. And you guys brought me into camp and never even gave me a chance to start. And I'm healthy again, post Tommy John. Well, my whole road back to Tommy John, like it was tough. And like, I feel like they had like a master plan and I just didn't know it. And I don't think I needed to know it. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't have to know everything as a player. Like you, you don't have to know the ins and outs of everything. Um, but yeah. So when I said that, like, I think I, I know Bowmel to like, you think I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you don't think I know the plan for you. You don't think like, like maybe you, I was on an innings limit and they're like, we don't start you in the big leagues because we want like the earlier innings to last throughout the year not just to burn them in the beginning so like yeah i went down the minor leagues i was there for like a couple weeks or a couple maybe a month and then i was in the big leagues the rest of the year but like when i got to like the big leagues again it was like hey you gotta go talk to bowmel and i right away i knew like tail between my legs like a little dog coming in i was like hey i'm really sorry about that but ever since then it was like it was just like hey like I make a mistake. He tells me I make a mistake. I learn from it. I try to grow to be a better person. And that was it. So he just knew like he could kind of push me and like in the right direction as a player. And then also right direction as a person and just grow. I mean, 
that's the biggest thing is I think you have to grow people into be becoming better people, even though we're baseball players, mm-hmm. you just got to push them to be better people. Good learning experience. And so I don't, I want to finish this up with Manoa. There are some people that feel like a clean break is what's best for him. Why is it not? I, I this is everything I just said, just because I, I think it's okay to have fights. It's okay to have arguments. It's okay to have um, bad times. Like <laughs> I'm married with my wife. I have bad times with her every once in a while. That doesn't mean we need to break it up. Like it, it to me, to me, it's like you, the organization knows what's best for Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa knows all these people. He's comfortable with Pete, our pitching coach. He's comfortable with the coaching staff. He's comfortable with the strength staff. He's comfortable with all these guys. Who's best to get him back to who he's supposed to be rather than the, the team that literally made him almost a Cy Young winner? Like for an organization to take him on and then think like, we can get him back without even, you don't even know who Alec Manoa is. You don't know how he trains. You don't know his, um, what it takes in the weight room, what it takes in the training room, what it takes behind the scenes, like mentally, what it takes in bullpens. You have no clue. Like you, you, you think like you have the people to figure that figured out, but you don't have a clue. Like the blue Jays have the clue that the blue Jays already, blue Jays already know all those answers. So the easiest fix for Manoa is just to stay. That's that's the easiest fix because we have the people in place. We have the veteran pitchers to help them out. We have the, the veteran coaches to help them out. We have, obviously, in my opinion, the best facilities in all of baseball. Where else do you want to go? Like, I mean, I don't want to mention any teams, but, like, do you want to get traded to a specific team and then be like, oh, yeah, they're going to fi- fix you, and then all of a sudden you have another bad year with them, and then you're really downhill. Um, I, I just think you just roll it again. Like, Hey, like we all had our fights. We're grown, we're grown men. Let, let's, let's, let's put this behind us. Like we're going to look back in two or three years when you're a stud again and be like, man, like I hated that we went through this. Like me and bone Mel did. Like I hated that I said things. I hated that I did things, but now I look back six, seven years from now. I'm like, man, that's like one of my best friends. So I, I just think bad times are not bad. I just think bad times are sometimes what people need to get back on track. That's cool. Great insight. I'm rooting for him. I picked him as my Cy Young winner last year. How'd that work? I really <laughs> nailed that one. Really got it. Awesome. Uh, let's finish up with this. Um, You got a buddy that's a big league manager now. Oh, man. I'm so happy for him. I how excited were you for both? Oh man, I I I mean I'll be honest with you, I'm genuinely I was almost in tears happy for him. Like I, I I know how good he is. Even as a player, everyone was like, Man, you're gonna be a manager one day. Like you're gonna be a manager. Like the way that you think, the way that you communicate with players, the way that you act on and off the field, the way that you're able to handle all these personalities as a catcher, um, the way that you communicate with front offices. Um, you're going to be a manager. Like you're just going to, we saw it so long ago. And then obviously he got into coaching and I'm like, man, you're going to be a manager. And then I saw him like, obviously coaching with like Seattle and stuff like that. And I'd always talk to him and I'm like, what are you going to be a manager? And then like his name came up and I'm like, Hey, like, 
obviously, if I could pick any team in the world for him to manage, it would have been Cleveland because I'm like, I'm a Cleveland fan. So I'm like, man, like if this happens, I'm going to be the happiest person in the world. And then it, it actually did happen. And all my friends were like, we got him. Like, because I was telling him, like, you want Bo as your manager. Like, I don't know if you can ever replace, like, you cannot replace like, a guy like Tito. Like, he's unbelievable. Like, one of the best of all time for Cleveland. But, man, you may have came close. He may have came close. Like, I'm, I'm so excited for him. I think, I think he's going to be an unbelievable man for such a long time of course uh i'm i got a lot of voter stories but i don't know if any of them are coaching (laughs) (laughs) fair enough no i honestly i mean to me to me the biggest thing about about voter like one of the stories I, i i can tell is like with oakland you have so many young just like like i said like i said earlier like you have 22 24 year old we just traded for this top prospect and all of a sudden they're in the big leagues and it's like hey like figure this moron out and then you have voters sitting back there like gosh dang this guy like what in the world so he like he has dealt with so many personalities in oakland um it's just the band of misfits over there that voter and those guys just we're able to piece together. So like for you to think like there's a personality that is not going to be able to like relate to, to like guide the right way to make sure everyone's on the same page. I'm telling you, Cleveland is in such a good spot with him. I'm so happy for him. That's great. Um, how sad are you that the A's are moving to Vegas? Oh, it sucks. I mean, it sucks for the city. It sucks for, it sucks for all those people. It's because I think like, there's there's so many people obviously i mean you you don't i don't want to get political on it but there's so many things that i think went wrong with with oakland and and all that stuff but like i i just think to lose a franchise that has so much history is is such a bad thing for our sport like so many world series champions ricky henderson all those guys like I mean, Dave Stewart, all those guys, you'll look back and be like, yeah, they used to play for the Oakland A's and in 25, 30 years, kids are going to be like, who in the world are the Oakland A's? Mm. And and for me to think that and for me to have such like a high like like love for, for Oakland, that just kills me because I'm like, like the Bay Area is so big. There is a market there. Like how could they just not figure it out? That, that That's why I just don't understand. It's like how they could not figure it out. But obviously Vegas is Vegas. Like Vegas is going to draw well. Vegas is going to be, I think at least, Vegas is going to be a great, is a great sports city, I think. But I mean, I don't know. I For them to lose Oakland in that franchise and that history just absolutely gut punches me. Yeah. By the way, I'll finish it up with this. Congratulations on nailing 200 innings on the dot, dude. Thank you. I mean, thank you. holy smoke. You must be great at playing the prices right or something. Yeah. You know, that, was, that was without going over. Yeah. That was a crazy one. I, I, I knew, I knew, I knew kind of like the last three or four starts. Like I didn't, I didn't try to think about it the whole year. Like that's always my goal. I didn't try to think about it the whole year. Um, I just try to keep like the correct pace. 
it's kind of like a marathon. You got to keep the right pace kind of thing. Um, but then like the last three, three games, I was like, all right, I need this many innings. And then the second to last game happened. And I was like, there is no way I get to this. Like I just, I would have to just absolutely dominate. So I just was like, all right, like, let's just go for it. And the fact that I got it, every, all the starters knew I got it. That, that was the coolest part to me was like, obviously, like I always talked to Barrios because Barrios did it like two times, I think. And I'm like, and Barrios hasn't missed a start since like 1940 or something stupid. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, dude, like I want to get 200 innings so bad. Like that's such a cool mark. And like, obviously like watching Jose Quintana, um, with the white Sox coming when I came up and he was like, Q was like 200 innings, 200 innings, 200 innings. I'm like, that is like the benchmark of like a stud. Cause like everyone would talk about how good he was. And I'm like, man, I want people to talk like that about me. Um, so yeah, just, just to finally get that is sick, but I want to, I'm, I'm definitely going to be working my butt off this off season and kind of double down. That'd be cool. But then double down would be 400 innings. Don't do that. No, no, no. Do it no, again. Double down meaning do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not that smart. Yeah. All right. Listen, um, you've given us ample time. We appreciate it a ton. And it's always great getting your perspective because you're always such a good thinker about the sport. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. You can talk about anything. But uh, I'll see you in Vegas Super Bowl, I'm sure. Oh. You know, when the Brown and Orms are out there flying. Yeah. There, if the Browns in the Super Bowl, you'll see me there. I promise you. I don't know if I'll see you, but you'll see me. Oh, my God. I don't <laughs> even know what. Stop. I can't even get there. I've been watching old <laughs> games on YouTube from the 80s from my childhood. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's bad. You get down to that rabbit hole, and you just can't stop. I, if the, I, don't, I don't know how I would even react to the Browns got to the Super Bowl. It, it, would, it would be the most nervous I've ever been in my life. More nervous than even playing? Yeah, no doubt. I couldn't. I, I get more nervous watching watching baseball games than playing them because I can't control them. Yeah. I, I, I'm like the Browns tear me apart. They tear me apart. Flacco, come on, old man. Um, yeah. All right, listen. Best to you and your family, and early happy holidays. And thanks so much for giving us some time. It's always great catching up with you, man. Awesome. All right. Uh, special shout out to our co-producers on this episode, Dan Rourke and Robbie Shirocco. For Chris Bassett of your Toronto Blue Jays A, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.